The theme for the afternoon talk is perception, feelings and liberation. Uh, in the uh, um, uh, exploration that is uh, here, there are many important elements and aspects uh, to it, of course. And with this word uh, perception there, in its use in this body of uh, teachings, as mentioned to you a couple of days ago, that it's valuable to remember in mind that the way we are looking at something, that means the perception of the recognition of the naming of what it is as an example is the way one is looking at it now this is the way of looking and equally and importantly as well in we hear from the other whoever she or he is and our ears are there and we listen and whatever he or she says to us as we listen we perceive and if there is some clarity uh, in the being the simple truth is recognized this is what he or she is saying to me right now and that recognition of that gives the potential and the possibility for some change. This is how it's being viewed now. This is how it is being stated in this particular uh, time. In the relationship of perception to feeling, which is one of the most fundamental and important of uh, the dynamics of relationship uh, there, when in the circumstances there, in our meditations, as well as uh, outside of them, events of life have make an impression. When I open my eyes to you and you to me in this situation, there is an impression. And with that impression there may well be some kind of feeling. So there is a recognition of what is taking place there is a feeling which goes with it, pleasant, unpleasant or uh, neutral. And it's important as well to be, to be able to recognize when that perception is made, when that feeling, if we can catch it, is recognized as, as well, what are the circumstances which happen afterwards? What goes with that perception and that feeling? bare perception, that means oh, this is the way I'm looking at myself the bare feeling could be pleasant or unpleasant or in between that easily uh, happens for us but it's the immediacy afterwards that is critical and, and therefore it is essentially what is being made of that which I perceive and feel either towards myself, so to speak, or from the other self, so to speak. And when, the f when there is some 
clarity, this is what I am, this is what the thought is now, this is what the feeling is now, about an outer or an inner. When there is some clarity, if there is thought which comes from the clarity, the thought will state precisely and clearly what, hap- what, what is happening. So that may be in our meditation. So we're engaged in meditation and we perceive the breath, we perceive the, uh, the body, there are certain feelings or sensations which uh, arise. The thought is accurate. It might say, oh, right now uh, the body feels hot. It feels cool. There is some pain in this part of uh, the body, uh, whatever it uh, might be. From that moment, how we perceive afterwards, you following me, afterwards is the critical. You can be the Buddha of the Buddhas of the Buddhas. There will still be these perceptions, there will still be these feelings, and the difference between the Buddhas and the ordinary mind is the ordinary mind makes too much of what it perceives and feels. It exaggerates it. (laughs) And in the exaggeration, the perception and the feeling gets inflamed. We do it with ourselves, we do it with others, we do it with goods and items and people and situations and and environments. And And our mindfulness, which is such a precious human element, and our concentration, part of its function, is to be able to perceive, feel, if thought is necessary, a fairly accurate thought of what is perceived and feel there. And the mindfulness and the concentration has then the capacity, as the basis, to keep us steady. We, won't, we'll, we will not so easily get in to either inflaming the situation through excitement and fantasy and, and ideas and hopes, which could easily crash. And we will not inflame the situation with uh, agitation and self-blame and self-criticism. Perception feeling, some degree of support of mindfulness and uh, meditation. The wise use of thought to just describe clearly what the event or experience is and being extremely mindful of do we make more of it. And if we do, if that exaggeration begins to set in, you know, all too human here. But remember, every exaggeration is the spark for suffering. Suffering cannot arise in the heart and mind and thought without an exaggeration of a situation. And if we can just, just have enough mindfulness just to catch there, we may still slip, as we easily do, into some reactivity, you know, building things up, putting things down, building ourselves up, putting ourselves down, building others up, putting them down. We may easily slip into that. 
the mindfulness is still important it's still necessary for us to say ah, the exaggerations are coming in the inflammations are coming in the karma is coming in the history is uh, coming in the old ways are coming in and we just need enough just at least to try and catch that because if we don't the belief system in the being will actually believe that the truth is in all the reactivity the truth is in the building up the truth is in the putting down and and only that can only be seen as the truth of the matter only through the identification with that process through the eye grasping on to that unnecessary extra there the Buddha has a, lots of Pali words in the text and uh, one of them and, uh, no well, it, it describes this process beautifully and the word which is used is papancha and that papancha meaning there's a simple perception feeling simple recognition and after that can come this profusion, this production line of thought and reactions and building up and putting down and we get lost in all of that there not only do we get lost in it but it's incredibly tiring is it any wonder you know, people are saying gosh I'm so tired I'm exhausted, I'm worn out I've got no uh, energy or whatever and it's not because of uh, 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 age you know, people are getting older and it, it, it's not because of so called overwork or whatever it's because of papancha it's too much in this inner world and we forget that too much thinking every little thought that you and I have when it's exaggerated every thought is a little unit of energy and too much units of energy day in and day out and our mind through that perception, feeling and too much thought is it any wonder so many human beings because of being heated up inside that come the end of the day and one wants, just wants to put the head down on the pillow and at least for six or seven hours absolutely forget this world there is no greater interest late at night when we are really tired to see the end of this world you know, we're, in a way we're saying to ourselves give me a break but we can't because of all the stimulation with, from within let alone from without through this thought, feelings and uh, perceptions and all that conglomeration all that <coughs> there. we put our head down and though we, we do not want to see anybody else hear anybody else smell anything, taste anything touch anything, feel anything have any thought, we don't want any of it we just give me a break and we can't find it 
put our head down, we can't sleep. And then we wake up in the morning and we, still feel, and we feel tired. And then we struggle through the day and then it goes over again. The conservation of any energy and an important aspect of it, it's not the only one, obviously, as I said, is this departure from. The mindfulness practice. One of the one of the uh, the, uh, the, the the Buddhist monks came up with a, a rather nice new word. He says there is mindfulness, but mindfulness. Why can't we have kindfulness? Do you get the English kindfulness? To me, it's making a really um, important point here. What I mean by that. In our practice, in our practice here, very easily we're endeavouring to be mind here, mindful. And we may be one of the staff, working in the kitchen with the vegetables and the team, and doing the office uh, work or meditating in, in, in the hall. And a little of the difficulty and I think the vulnerability is we can be so keen on mindfulness and concentration that in the keenness for that we actually begin to forget the feeling life it's not that we're suppressing it or denying it but the feeling life can kind of get neglected and that fusion the bringing together requires from us the recognition where is the feeling when I'm meditating? What is the feeling when I'm being mindful chopping uh, the vegetables or, or whatever there? And to see, is the feeling being felt? You're doing um, walking um, meditation and you're walking up and down and there is one of the great songs of uh, another uh, a decade, which actually played in the hall here, some of you will know, Where is the Love? It's a pretty profound uh, question. So sometimes in the walking meditation, as an example, we can ask ourselves, where is the love? And if our mindfulness and concentration is kind of very strong it could be that the feeling element is not harmonized with the mindfulness and the meditation and another time as I've noticed in, uh, in some of our one-to-ones and groups uh, as well we quite naturally will start sometimes with um, I'm um, feeling okay. Um, uh, the uh, retreat and the days I had an ups and downs. It was uh, difficult, which is that dynamic of feelings and thoughts and perceptions. But now I f- really feel I'm settling uh, in. Um, I had a very sweet moment, uh, or whatever it, it might be. So when the feeling mode 
is arising uh, for us. You know, just the moments that we might speak it, we might say it for ourselves, do please listen to this feeling mode. Catch the feeling mode. It's a training here. So that when we say, oh, I really feel okay today, we might stop in terms of the method and technique. Really feel, feeling okay in this situation without going into a lot of thinking about and just be quietly receptive what is contributing in this moment to feeling good let's just say to feeling okay to feeling settled because every experience as we keep saying comes together because the conditions are there for it to come together you, you may have come and you felt a bit sick. You may have come here and felt a bit tired. You may have come here and felt there was a lot going on in your mind, uh, etc. The days are going by uh, there, and one is having sense, hopefully, of presence more. What's contributing to that? And the important thing, is the important thing, to feel in the healthier moments of our being, to really feel those moments. When you feel okay, you feel, wow, I, right now I'm sitting here, I'm not placing any demands on myself to be a certain way, I'm not placing any demands on life or anybody else, I'm just being here, I'm just sitting, just with a quiet presence there. I'm not troubled in this moment by the dramas of one's history or by what I've got to do in the future I'm just being here and I'm not thinking about it I'm just feeling what this experience is of just being and the reason that it's important because you want to be able to return quickly and easily back to this sense of being and presence. And the only way we can return back to that sense of being in present and presence if we really know it intimately. One's got to know it. Not with the mind, with the feeling. It's the feeling which is the deep point. And if in life we keep forgetting the deep point of the feeling and that feeling steady and okay, not as a liberation here, I'm still talking practice, uh, and we quietly return to this moment and we feel a certain calm and steadiness. And it may just be for a few minutes, but if we're really putting the mindfulness and the consciousness or, uh, to it, just and the resting in that will we'll begin to know, not intellectually, we'll begin to know what that is more, we'll begin to f be able to find it more easily, and when we can find that quiet depth more uh, 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 easily, we will naturally lose, start losing interest in all our reactivity, because we have the sense of something calm and deep with the being and the feeling is the key to this it really is a, a 
such a, a precious and, and the Buddha commented once he was asked about what is life and the res- one of the responses which he, he said was life comes together in feelings it's a rather beautiful statement there and sometimes with, with our relationship to the uh, perceptions and uh, uh, feelings that uh, uh, take place it is as I mentioned a moment a few ago sometimes it is the looking outwardly as much as the looking uh, inwardly and mindfulness is not just looking here uh, the uh, teachings equally state the inner mindfulness here and the external, the outer mindfulness quite often it's the inner mindfulness which is getting all the publicity be mindful of yourself uh, etc and I read in the, in the Guardian one of those dreadful English newspapers um, uh, sometime I think it might have been last year and as you know this is a slight sideways step for a moment uh, as you uh, uh, probably know if you take an interest in these things there's a lot of reference these days to uh, in neuroscience and wiring up people with things on their sticky bits on their head and plugging them into a machine and sending them into la la land or whatever that, that is uh, 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 go, uh, going on and sometimes with this um, world that we live in uh, there, that all those kind of measurements, whatever, may be taking place. And there was a piece in The Guardian and there's lots of writings taking place of the benefits of mindfulness. And now, of course, there has to be, if you're for something, science has to prove it doesn't really make any difference and it's not working. You can have for have to have against, whatever it, whatever it might be about. So the Guardian had a full, pay, uh, full page article with the science shows that, and this one was, there is as much benefit um, for you watching television as practicing mindfulness. Yeah. <laughs> And so some of my friends said to me, well, Christopher, what do you think about this? And my response was, I totally agree with the research, as long as you don't turn the television on. (laughs) It's called the sideways look at situations. (laughs) And in that where as human beings, we go towards there, as, as mentioned. It is not that we always have to be in touch with ourselves there. It's not that we have to be mindful all the time, which is actually humanly impossible anyway. Any, anyway. At, at times, you and I know, with perception and with feeling and with the views that we have had, we might be entering into a a challenging situation. That could be the family dynamic, of course, which is one of the most popular. 
and uh, it could be the work, it could be the colleague, it could be the friend, and all the vulnerabilities of life. And the teachings and the practices, they include in that a preparation to be mindful, to be concentrated, to be clear, to use the posture well, to have lots of uh, energy, to be really present, which is a strong theme that we're engaged in here, so that the mindfulness can extend to the other, whoever she, he may be. And we walk in, if it's a house, let us say, or an office or a meeting, we walk in fully prepared, fully conscious human beings, because we've got an intuition or a knowledge, this is going to be difficult. And just to breathe in these difficult situations, we come in unready. When we come in unready, the, the perceptions and the feelings and the impacts really have an impact on us. And this preparation and this readiness needs the support of our energy, our mindfulness, the power of attention, the really catching what the feeling is. And it's not to get rid, it's important here, of the unpleasant feeling. You can be the Buddha of the Buddhas, you're st- you and I, we're still going to have unpleasant feelings. In life, I keep telling people, look, life's no picnic. And those unpleasant feelings will have some association, not always, not always, some association with history. The memory is one of the important aspects of the influence of unpleasant feeling, and pleasant too for that matter. And can we, in the difficult situation, just remember, mindfulness again, just remember, in a difficult situation, it could be with ourselves, just meditating. It could be with the other. Recognize. With the unpleasant feeling, if it is getting intensified, which it does for us at times, has it got in it history? That's all. Is it related more to the past than to the present? And sometimes we notice that. And that's a reminder. Whew, got some practice here to do. I need some reflection, some good friendship around, uh, uh, etc. Sometimes it's not so related to the past. It really is related to the present. And when sometimes um, uh, these vipassana uh, uh, teachers bless them but don't forgive them, will say to you, you're experiencing some pain in your body. You experience some real pressure or stress in your mind. Lots of stuff and feelings are coming up. And then they will say, say to you, oh, that's all your old samkaras, those of you who know this. This goes on in the Theravada tradition. They should be ashamed of themselves for thinking like this. And they say, oh, it's just your samkaras. So naturally the person there will think, oh my God, it's, it's all my samkaras uh, coming up from my past, and my God, how am I going to work out this lot? 
Yeah, there's so much which is coming up, and God is coming up by the bucket load. And then, I mean, if I, if I become a Buddhist, I might even have the terror of believing in my past lives. And then, wow, well, there's a hell of a lot then to work out, <laughs> etc. And people think like this and begin to think this is not in the Buddhist teachings. Everything which is arises is related to my past. It's nonsense. It's a nonsense idea. And then, then people will say, especially if you live in kind of new agey kind of towns like me, they they say to you, some you get you get sick, you get ill, you know, you have a difficult time, etc. And they say, well, it must have done something horrible in your past life. <laughs> people who come up with these views are in desperate need of therapy (laughs) so how easily it can be that we buy the package it's all about my past it can be a factor but we're in the practice of liberation we're in the practice of knowing what was being clear about it not denying it but also knowing what is. And sometimes the what is is much more significant than what was there. If, to take the example with your meditations, you're sitting in in a sitting meditation, you're doing your walking meditation or whatever, and you perhaps extend the period of time. And some intensity arises some pressure arises and there is some willpower which is going on and you're pushing yourself very hard and one's got the idea you know if I keep pushing I'm going to get somewhere etc and then that very pressure then starts creating a huge amount of agitation and then the view arises and the perception and the feeling arises my God, I've really hit a load of unresolved, repressed, psychotic stuff inside myself, etc. Please manage it on the retreat. Um, Where are the antidepressants? Uh, There. It may have no actual relationship to the past at all. It's the manufacture going on in the present of just simply putting so much pressure on oneself to achieve, to go beyond, to transcend, to get enlightened, and uh, all those other odd ideas. And all that pressure inside of us. And of course the mind can't take that pressure. It's going to rebel. And it's not the past coming into the present there, it's the relationship to the present and if one didn't abuse the mind in the meditation one wouldn't have that trauma and drama and pressure and sometimes you will see people who have been on some of these retreats whoever, Zen or Goenka or Christopher or whoever it might be uh, there and have been pushing themselves so hard uh, there that sometimes the impact of all of that is the body shaking, head twitching and nervousness. The system has been shaken 
and the person's still thinking, oh, it's my old karma, it's my old samkaras, that means for mental formations, that's what's doing it. I don't think so. I think it's this relationship that we have to the living present. And it isn't always easy to, to, be, to know and to be clear what is yesterday and what is today. What is the mixture as well. To, and that's, you know, part of knowing ourselves as women and men in the, uh, of the earth and knowing, knowing ourselves in a full way. And my ask is important and profound uh, uh, question. Yes, 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 yes. But where's the liberation? Important uh, uh, question. Oh my gosh, you expect me to answer it. Um, <laughs> what's important to understand here uh, and to allow uh, these things to, in a way, be digested. I've mentioned the importance of really knowing perceptions, that's the recognition, the view, feelings, knowing those, there, the quiet reflective thought, which we can learn and be helpful for us. It's not an anti-thought teaching in any way whatsoever. But knowing those kind of thoughts which are not healthy, not helpful, and do not contribute to peace of mind and to seeing clearly. In all of this, not perfectly, as we get a little bit more sense of wholeness, to use that beautiful term of uh, uh, Carl Jung, or I regard as a, uh, as a, a Buddha of the West, that, that sense of wholeness of the being, when we sometimes we're just sitting quietly, we just, just feel alive and we feel present, uh, we're not oppressed by any views, we're not oppressed by religion or philosophy or science or roles or identity, just those precious moments, just being alive and a certain sense of wholeness and as I said earlier, not really demanding anything from, uh, from any, anyone. And in that quiet sense of the sense of wholeness which the teachings and practices uh, 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 contribute to there is still perception and feelings obviously which are taking place pleasant and unpleasant and in between there is still recognition of what our experience is and the experience of, of others and a certain sense it might be short lived of integration and one asks as I'm just mentioning but what about the liberation what easily happens, and uh, humanly enough, is that we easily rely upon the, the perceptions and the feelings which are helpful and authentic and clear and supportive. But the Buddha, and this is not easy, the Buddha has spoken of with regularity of liberation in the language of seeing the cessation understand the word cessation what might be that the ending the finishing 
of perception and feeling knowing the end of perception and feeling but it has a very precise uh, 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 meaning and what what that is uh, referring referring to there are times in our fullness in our richness in our let's say sense of wholeness there though the perceptions and the feelings are uh, taking place with the calmness and the reflection that's going on but there will be in authentic clarity a recognition or a sense there's something more than this there is a sense in the deep of the being that's the deep deep voice which is saying will, will say to say to us yes I feel a whole person I don't feel troubled by my history I might be quite clear this happened and somebody has lost its power to trouble me I'm not putting great pressure on myself about tomorrow or next year or the end of my life or what's happening uh, around and the inner voice in a way will not be fully satisfied with this it might feel really satisfying when we're miserable oh my gosh just give me some peace <laughs> whatever give me some calm and some clarity and some steadiness I'll take it forget liberation I'll just let me have a, a moment of feeling whole and complete as a human being there and understandably but the deep will not settle for anything less than the best it can't and in our being the human being in the deep of the of the human being that we might forget it we might spend our life involved in the pursuit of the finite things money possessions status good experiences and everything else which is in transition which is in change we might spend our life doing that we might get a lot of delight with it we might have more happiness and satisfaction than unhappiness and dissatisfaction by the engagement only with the finite only with the limited only that which comes and goes and in the sense of wholeness uh, there there's a spark in the human being somewhere which can move us beautifully which puts into perspective all these finite pursuits of the human there and encourages us and the best of teachings encourages to find and to know and to see what is infinite not what is in transition but what is eternal what is not what just is for today but is forever what is vast rather than small what is expansive rather than contracted what is limitless rather than limited 
And the best preparation for us as human beings is to recognize and acknowledge our capacity for wholeness and the interest shifts and I'm saying this organically naturally that in the wholeness of the being not perfectly there, there, there will be an interest can emerge what is that greater than my finite modest small existence and the interest in that will transcend or start to transcend the perceptions feelings and thoughts about my daily world there is no rejection of them it's not like one is anti-life in any way but there is a genuine sense of the limits of the perception and the feeling about the way I am looking at it there's a sense of the limits even if they're quite harmonious and quite well adjusted and integrated wow, I'm looking at the world just through this heart and mind is it possible that's what liberation is about is in which there is a knowing and seeing which in fact the deep realization is everything is an expression of the infinite everything is the confirmation of it even the hardships everything is the confirmation of that which is expansive that which cannot be measured and our primary weakness or vulnerability as the human being is to concentrate so much on the small and the finite and the particular and the detail and this and that we've just lost sight of the bigger picture and if we don't have the sense of that we will exaggerate the small events and therefore we will suffer we will suffer and so the perception and the feelings and the thoughts, recollections really, really have a genuine place in everyday life my goodness me with the Dharma teaching so much beautiful, profound emphasis on the relationship to feelings and the relationship to the way we look at things and our relationship to thoughts thousands of discourse look, look, look at this not as an end in itself not just to be a well-adjusted well-integrated human being precious as it is and sometimes as rare as it is with all the stress of the life uh, but to be adjusted as if as if, as if we could forget our life as if our life is okay it's moving along in order that we keep our duties and our responsibilities and our care for others and for our daily life that almost to leave it or be with it rather quietly because we've got another interest going on we may not be able to explain that interest in and find out if there is some infinite which we can realize and know 
if we can really see and know that which has no measure to it. And we might, it might just be from time to time, the glance. The glance up into the night sky. The glance across the oceans and the fields. The, 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 the touch of the flower to our being. Something can remind us of something much bigger than our small world because everything is the confirmation of it. And it's extraordinarily liberating. While we live our everyday life and pass through our everyday existence, Thank you for listening. Let's have our quiet minute together, shall we please? beings be deeply in touch with the everyday matters of daily life may all beings perceive and feel in as full and clear a way as possible may all beings live with love and liberation The, uh, thank you for lending an ear. The uh, time is um, timeless, <laughs> 4.40, and have some, uh, uh, some small groups, uh, for some of us at this uh, time, for some it can be further uh, sitting, walking, uh, standing, and as we uh, uh, leave the hall for those who are... Uh, may still be uh, sitting that uh, we walk out as angels angels are those lovely human beings who do not have to touch the earth <laughs> there are a few around, there are a few here <laughs> ok, thank you